When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on Vanderpump Rules... Ken, come and see my box! We've decided to open a third restaurant because I'm always looking for the next challenge. Put them on there. Pump has been an incredibly difficult project. It's going to be big. From your mouth to God's ears. I'm jealous. I can't be with somebody here when I'm thinking about you. It's just not fair. Honestly, it's just really not as easy as it looks. Yeah, I don't want to hold you back. You deserve better. I don't want to see you again. Why? Because I don't like you. Kristen tells me that Tom and some girl in Miami had hooked up. She's not doing this to try and get Tom back. No, she's doing it because she's obsessed with hating me. I want Tom to be happy, but I don't want him to be happy with her. After the way my last three parties have won, I am seriously considering having a dry wedding. There was a barroom brawl. That's a fiasco as far as I'm concerned. I'm really busy, but I'm also really pissed off. Something's gonna change. It really is. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs. I'm Rob Schulte. And I'm Mackenzie Green. And we've done it, Mackenzie. We've made it to episode two. We're practically done with the season. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Hold on to your butts. We did it. Let me ask you, uh, you know, we're in that general podcasting stage where you vamp for five minutes before getting into it. Um, Was it all it was cracked up to be? I mean, what what a treat. What a time. How chaotic. I think there's nothing better uh, than waking up first thing in the morning and going, oh, God, I'm supposed to be watching something for Vanderpump because what a life. Yeah. What a life to live in which you're like, oh, I got to schedule Vanderpump time, like in between like board meetings yeah. and like talking to my team i'm just like hmm okay but i gotta remember that yeah for I, tomorrow gotta remember that scene where okay. james and Kristen wash their car together uh, <laughs> i mean what a treat yeah uh <laughs> thank you for taking the time i also just have to say that like i kind of dig the am podcast recordings this is the first time I've, I've done it it really you're not thinking about it all day. You're not like oh, I'm telling you, yeah. it's done. You feel fresh. Like everybody thinks I'm insane when anytime I have to record anything, I'm like, let's do it early in the morning. And people are like, Oh, you're crazy. This is nuts. And I'm like, I promise you, you're gonna be like running on adrenaline and coffee and then it's over and you like come to and you're like, I think I just finished recording a yeah, show. Yeah. It's a treat. It's great. Uh you know what else is a treat? is Season 3, Episode 3. This is this is our, our Jordan episode. 3-3, uh, three, three, really, right? Um, 
I mean, <laughs> truly, it is. It is something. Yeah, it's an that, episode. That's a good call. It, let's not relate it to Jordan because I don't know if this is that special, <laughs> but. Uh, as people uh, need to know, this season we're doing at least two Vanderpump episodes per uh, Vanderpump Rob's podcast episode. And yeah. today we're starting off with season three, episode three, grand opening and closure. I love these titles. You know what I find most offensive about that title <laughs> is that I am fairly certain it is a nod to the Jay-Z song that says grand opening, grand closing. And that is a crossover I didn't know I needed, but I'm not sure I wanted. Yeah, so yeah. here we are. Fair, fair. I, I think, especially when you get into like pun names of things, it it it's a slippery <laughs> slope because they're like, okay, so there's like really closure is. on friendship, but she's also opening a restaurant, but then there's a Jay-Z song and it's like, whoa, yeah. like that's hat on yeah. hat. Now yeah. we're down a rabbit hole where it's like, did, does Lisa listen to Jay-Z? Maybe Ken does. Do they know him? <gasps> There's a world where the swans and the and, and the horses are next to Beyonce while they're having like crab cakes. And I don't know if I want to. This is one of those photo shoots they do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole of just uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theories that Lisa Vanderpump and Beyonce know each other. Oh, my God. I, But I do want to see that tea setting you know like what's gonna happen when they sit down and just hang out now um before every episode we get like a recap as we have heard on this podcast already but (laughs) they keep using this soundbite of lisa vanderpump going i want it sexy and i'm like i can't get her saying that out of my brain (laughs) it's just that whole i just Here's what you have to understand. I have only ever known Lisa because of Housewives. Then during the Panini Press, I started watching (laughs) Vanderpump Dogs. So it's like I have these two. Yeah. So it's like I have this interesting introduction and world in which I know Lisa. And now there's this where I truly and this is not a joke. I would love for somebody who listens, who works in the world of HR to please DM me after watching an episode of whether or not half the stuff Lisa says is legal. Can can she be written up? Because even when she was like, I wanted sexy, I was like, I am fairly certain just saying the word sexy in a workplace environment is enough for somebody to be like, hi, um, I don't feel comfortable or safe in this environment. I'd like to be transferred. I said something once at work that could have been taken as a euphemism, but I said it for real. And then I was just like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't even remember. What I, I, was- I once wore shorts to work and I was sent home <laughs> and I worked for an NFL team. And I remember thinking like, damn, don't, d- doesn't the dance team wear shorts? Yeah. I'm wearing Bermuda pants and I just got sent home. <laughs> so truly, guys. Yeah. Is this legal? <laughs> Write in, let us know. Um, you know what? Yeah. Let us know in the form of a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. That would be Please great. Please feel free to give us five stars and then just make your review uh, responses to HR queries yes. that we have. We're trying to build a theme here, okay? Yeah. Now- Yeah, basically. Before we get into some of the- uh, scorching hot topics we had on a grand opening and closure. Uh, Let me read the description. It goes a little something like this. It's a beautiful day in West Hollywood. 62 degrees in the morning, 79 in the afternoon. Lisa strives to make the grand opening of her new restaurant 
pump a huge success. Stasi confronts Sheena over her hurtful tweets. Kristen seeks closure with Tom Sandoval, even while experiencing the stirrings of deep feelings for her ex-boyfriend. This is poorly written, but what it's trying to say is Kristen doesn't know what she wants. She wants the DVR box. She wants to break up with Tom. I mean, we'll get to the DVR box, but my God, I've never loved a pettier... So I love The Bodyguard. I think The Bodyguard is like one of the most wonderful romantic comedies. I think that moment like when Whitney is on the plane and she sees Kevin Costner and runs off and hugs and kisses him and then they don't stay together. You're like, oh, how heartbreaking life. Uh, Nuances of love and feeling. (laughs) This woman walking in (laughs) and having a conversation about a DVR I think was meant to feel like the same yearning and large moment of love and uncoupling from someone but instead i found myself being like how what years like i found myself then being like is it on youtube could you stream these episodes now do you think you want to write them down and then give them back and then i was like that's a lot of money now no cable boxes i once had a cousin that didn't return like i lost my mind watching that (laughs) it's just what i Okay, so what I'm not getting in this one is like, so we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, it's like, yeah, what was happening the t- the two months prior to this? What was you know like? Obviously, the DVR is a thing that's just like, ah, oh, fuck, what a pain in the ass, right? I get how yeah. how that just gets yes. delayed and the intricacies. I totally of understood it. why she was like she had to go over, and it was like, hey, can you just like get? Because I again, I had a cousin that once had like a cable box that we were like, yo, you got to return it. Like they charge you for it. It was, and he was like, oh, it's such a process, and yeah, like I get it. Yeah. I. I drove, moved cross country in a pandemic from New York to LA and took my cable box with me. And then immediately when I got here to LA, I was like, how do I get rid of this? Yeah. How do I unload this? Oh my God. Cause I, I remember saying my dad was like, Oh, just leave it in the apartment. And I was like, no, cause nobody's going to come and get it. It doesn't work that way, it. dad. It, it doesn't work that way. I tried. Yeah. I tried. So I understood. I understood why she knocked on the door and was like, yo, Hey, give me my talk box. To you about the cable box. And then, <laughs> I got it. Uh, speaking of euphemism. <laughs> uh, and then he, uh, and then he was just like, oh, but there's still some stuff on the DVR I want to watch. That was my favorite part. I think- that like, if I had a talk, if I had what I feel is a toxic ex that I'm like, I would do anything to be uncoupled from this person. Any steps I have to take to never have them in my life again. If all it was was them walking in my apartment right now and being like, yo, can I get your Wi-Fi router? I'd be like, that if you take that i never have to speak to you again yeah 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 if you just i'd be like oh great yeah let me just snatch it out of the wall now especially if we both work together you know like it was psychotic it was truly fascinating to me that it was like yeah we don't want to stress you out but like you know really i really need it back we also live two blocks from each other um, I don't actually know where they live, but it seems like they all live in West Hollywood, which feels like I mean, everything is walking distance. And God bless each and every person for <laughs> that chaos that is like, we live in West Hollywood. Oh, uh, Lord. Can you, can you give me my cable? I yeah. mean, for, for the people that don't listen, for the people that don't live in LA who listen to this, you have to understand that like, I live downtown. Living somebody living in West Hollywood, they might as well live in a different state. Like, yeah, <laughs> I truly can. Like, 
I, as stupid as that sounds, and I'm making fun of it, I can genuinely sit here objectively and be like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, what are they doing in West Hollywood? Yes. Is that without traffic, a 20 minute drive from here? But those 20 minutes... (laughs) are an entirely different world like in my mind i'm just like these yokels living in west hollywood way to be an la cliche like all the things that pass through my mind when i'm just like ugh. it's immediately like driving from chicago and ending up in like the town between kansas city and st louis because you're just like wait i just came from like a hustling bustling area and just moments later yeah it's like people it's like me growing up in dc and people that live in like Chevy Chase. You're just like, oh. wow. Yeah. I um wow. this is and this is a nice quiet enclave or like Bethesda. Like you drive out to Bethesda and be like, wow. What's it like living in the country? Nature. Huh. Huh. Um yeah, huh. I think you you brought this up earlier. You moved cross country during the panini to use your words correctly. <laughs> yes, uh, the pterodactyl, the penicillin, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> I was I was looking back at the last episode before you became a season three co-host. Yes. That was, that was February of this year that we're recording this. Yeah. I also yeah. have moved cross country <laughs> since the last time you <laughs> were on this true. podcast. Time, I don't know what's going on with time. It felt like it was two years ago that you guested on this show. I think that's also, and you could probably admit this too, that's also what makes this show a little crazy yeah. because... These episodes both feel like they happened 14 years ago and like yesterday. So I'm constantly having... So like the DVR conversation, yes. I had to be like, when was this episode made yeah. that this is a thing? Because I'm like, because shouldn't it technically be on the other DVRs in your apartment? like Or on demand? On demand. So when he said it's on TiVo, I was like, what year is this? Because I remember that TiVo episode of Sex in the City blew my mind when I was a child. Yep. I was like, Miranda Hobbs records TV and watches TV back. Yep. Like, truly, when he said, but I have stuff on there, I was like, bro, just watch it on, on demand or like watch Pull it on up Netflix, streaming or dude. go on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, go just buy the episode on Apple. Like, yeah. if it's that serious, like, I'm sure they have whatever it is on Hulu. And then I had to be like, no, what year is yeah. this? And then I felt like friggin' Doc Brown. I was <laughs> like, I'm fucking stumbling into my living room being like, what year is it, Marty? <laughs> like, I'm just like... Man, the gravitational pull is, is so much more in the future these days. It's all heavy. I got I, I, got, I got, a thought, okay? We talked about the Kristen Tom situation. I think that's just going to be an ongoing thing yeah. for a little while. It never um, stops. I do, I'm surprised it still hasn't stopped. Uh, today's the <laughs> as as of this recording. Today's the day season nine premieres. Real excited to see what happens with no Wolf. Kristen. Um, Schwartz thinks that Tom Sandoval and Kristen could have been drawn out another two years if Ariana wasn't like brought onto the show. And Sandoval just... in this conversation, Sandoval is like. Yeah, I agree. She may have even gotten pregnant. And I was like, no! Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, oh, wow. Like, wow. here's the thing. That, like- is a, <laughs> that is a shitty trope to say that someone's going to, like, it trap really someone. But yes. It is, I don't know what they edited in this scene because it was, like, the most extreme things at, like, a casual gym hangout. Yeah. I think my absolute one of my all-time favorite 
notes that I have down here. Because here's the crazy part for the dear listeners. I literally keep like stream of consciousness into notes while the show is happening. The reason I know exactly what moment you're talking about is I just wrote, this show makes me so happy. I'm in my 30s and I'm very boring. Because <laughs> yes. I truly remember that moment when he said that. I was like, oh, that is something so stupid that like, truly, I think back to college when girls are like, and I'm going to marry him and have a baby. Like, it- no, 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 no. And it's God. Like, sometimes I sit and I'm like, in a world where I have a child and I think I should have had a child, God help that child. Same. That kid would be like, let me tell you who's chaotic. This lady. Yeah. She has no clue what's happening. Sometimes I'll, you know, you'll have those, those, uh, f- you know, we talk about fever dreams on this show, but sometimes you'll have those yeah. fever, um, daydreams where you're just like <laughs> yes. s- sitting on the couch in between meetings and you're just like, wow, what if I really did marry the first person I dated in college? And you'd be like, "Yeah, I would be like, I, I, yeah, it would be the worst decision in the world. I was trying to come up with an exciting thing, but no, (laughs) it's just terrifying. Like truly, there was a moment when he said that where I was like, how everybody didn't like stop and pause for a moment and kind of like shudder at the thought when he was like, yeah, and we'd be married to the kid. Like how everybody wasn't like, ooh, yeah, ooh, that was scary. All right. Like, instead, it was kind of like, ah, what could have been? (laughs) Truly, (laughs) truly boggles the mind. Um, The other thought I had in this episode, because there is no structure. I mean, sure, there's a structure to these television episodes. But like we've said, it is just it's just throwing you in. There's no structure. I even wrote down sometimes my brain turns off. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes they start talking. This was an episode where I genuinely got halfway through the episode and was like, I retained none of this. It's and just tough. went back to the beginning. Yeah. It was like it was like a song like when you're waiting for the beat to drop. And I think my brain just kept being like, it's coming, the plot, the hook, it's coming. And it never did. And so I'd have to keep like replaying it from the beginning and being like, That's interesting right, you said that. Have you ever <laughs> this is this is what this show is evolving into. Have you ever seen <laughs> Girl Talk Live? Talking about 2014. Yes. Okay. I feel the exact same way at a girl talk show as I do watching some of these episodes. Because when you listen to like Night Ripper or like a girl talk album, it's like, boom, hook, 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 hook. I'm excited. You go to the show. It's like build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. He's about to hit the hook. Nope. Build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> so that like every 15 minutes there's a hook and it everyone is. goes insane. Every 15 minutes they set up something that feels like it ups the stakes for like, oh, we're going to get back to that. It's like they start the episode with like Stasi's dad and you're yeah. like, oh, this explains so much and then that nothing dude. happens with that and they're like, moving on and you're like, wait, I, I, I thought Stasi and her dad were going to have like some revelatory moment. It's like Jax goes to his therapist and you're like, oh, we're going to get an explanation of how we get to the next episode. No, no. He just says crazy things to the therapist and that poor woman's just like, oh, at least insurance covers it. It's like yeah. things just keep <laughs> happening and you're like, we're going to, this is going to have a point to it. And then yeah. it's like, no. It is. It's also one of those things where you, <laughs> where you're just like, you said that the therapist being like, yeah, at least, uh, you know, he covers it on insurance or whatever. But you're also like, it's too terrible. It's I'm too telling t- you. I, I, I can't, I just have thoughts about like filmed therapy sessions and I just don't know. I do too. It is the most confusing choice that Bravo made. And I feel like I want to blame Bethany for it. This idea Ooh. of like 
do your therapy on camera because it's just like because I do not I I would hope and maybe they're you know whatever regardless of what the actual process is what we're seeing is what is yeah. received but I I yes. feel like the only reasonable explanation that a like doctor would agree to do this I mean only me I who knows but like you do the therapy session and then you record like the recap you know because then it would at least yes. be like I know what you're talking about when you don't want to bring up that you did a whole bunch of drugs on this trip that you yes. just went on you know but uh, like the idea that like the camera crew is coming in and your <laughs> therapist is like all right okay dave's on his union break eating a sandwich while yeah, you're talking about your exactly. mom exactly yeah. and you're yeah you're like trying to unpack childhood trauma and they're like um can we go back to one yeah. uh i'm yeah. sorry we missed the sound on that and you're like and the therapist is just like oh okay okay uh, we were at a breakthrough <laughs> You brought up Stassi's dad. He's had his moments in the past. I think he wanted to be a star on this yeah, show and then didn't happen. Um, he drinks a lot. But Ugh. I thought it was interesting, though, speaking of Jax's therapy, is that, like, you did say it. Like, they throw these things in and then they're gone. Yeah. Because yeah. we think this is going to be about Jax and therapy and him, whether or not he's actually working through anything is one side. But then it, like, really pivots <laughs> to, like, first half of this episode is like we didn't give you a lot about Stasi. here's what she's yeah. up to these days and it was yeah she she acts like moving is something that no one's ever done before ever ever and i think again on the thing of like having to be like am i having a stroke am i going crazy because i'm like Stasi, i have made the exact same move in the middle of a pandemic with two dogs and drove across country like Ma'am, the way you're describing this is yeah. like you literally were on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> like you had to ford the river with your oxen. Like it was the mo- like even when she <sighs> just said like you know my favorite thing is or I think this is either the last episode of this one. I don't know. They all melt. That's together. why it's all one it's episode. Like, you know. Yeah, that's why when they were like, "What was your life in New York?" She's like, "Oh, you know, New York's really great. You can just chill and like walk around." And I was like, "Here are things I would have never used to describe my life in Manhattan: chill, where I can just walk around. Never. The only time I ever truly walked was like I lived in Harlem and I worked in Midtown at NBC. I remember having a day that was so rough once, where you know how like in New York you have those like stunned." moments of realization on the street where i literally just came out of 30 rock and i was so shell-shocked from my work day that i just walked from the nbc building at rockefeller center to 135th street just walked shit i just kept walking and i I remember at one point my dad calling me and be like where are you i was like i'm walking i'm walking father why i was like I was like, today is the, but like, that's the kind of walking you do in New yep. York. People are never like just having a chillax, like urban hiking experience. People are either like yelling at somebody on the phone in Manhattan. They're like walking because they're shell shocked. The train is too crowded. It's a nice spring day and they're, they're going to promptly complain about how too hot it is. Like it just, <laughs> the way she described LA was like, she had moved to like St. George, Utah, Oh, where you could just like relax and move around and you really just kind of meandered and i was like wow 
there is a very different experience happening in New York for people that don't move there like to hustle or are broke uh-huh. and who are just truly like, what a fun town. Well, and, oh my God. You know, people throw a word like privilege around these days. Yeah. Really willy nilly, right? No. Um, I mean, truly. It's, <laughs> it it is you know hate to be cliche but that's exactly what this is and it's yeah it's, it's fourteen it's like a really funny moment of hearing it actually like yeah. of this real like oh New York is the kind of place that you can relax and just walk no, around not at all and I was like it's it's not at all like <laughs> maybe upstate New York um yeah like I think if she had been like oh we moved to New York and he moved me to Westchester I'm hanging I out with Dorinda. Like, you know? Yeah. I would have been like, wow, that's crazy. Like, of course you were just like, uh, you know, we moved to the Hamptons year round. I'd be like, oh yeah, that must've been wild in the winter. You must've been so bored. But for her to be like, I lived in New York proper. And I watch Food Network. Like, that's also like, okay, so yeah, people do stuff because they have jobs or need to get a job. Like you're on television. Yes. You're in between seasons. Yeah. They talk about how she moved out like within six months. She moved to New York and moved back. It's like, okay, in between seasons, yeah. you move to New that, York. I think, like, what you just said was so perfect. It's the, like, what happens before? It's like, we don't acknowledge that these are, like, real-life soap opera yes. actors. Yes. So it's like, just admit that, like Sebastian Stan, who leaves L.A. as soon as he is done making any movie, you, too, finished making your show, left L.A. for a little while to kind of clear your head before the start of the new season. Yep. And, like, I just... My... I cannot wait for the day because I in college once took like a rhetoric of hip hop class. Hell I yeah. cannot wait till the day like my kid is having like a rhetoric of Bravo kind of class where it's like where they're also acknowledging like how wild was it that people never broke the fourth wall that like we are to believe that this poor waitress <laughs> had the kind of money this- to take off across the country after for six months plastic surgery, which. We should talk about it as well. Um, I mean, what a treat! No, see, you're you're totally right, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that like it's it's this this idea of not breaking the fourth wall because maybe at this point they don't know what the rules are. Yeah, and, what the wall? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, like season eight, uh, which feels like a lifetime ago, <laughs> was like the first time on the season finale they broke the fourth wall, and I was just like. Oh, cool. Now I have to wait. Who knows? Maybe there will never be a season nine. Luckily, today, here we are. But, like, it was incredible. And to see that here, like, putting up that facade, if you will. Yeah. Of, like, oh, my, he got a job. Because I think I I have literally written that in my notes every single time. It's like, was there a job? Now, here's something. Why do we keep saying it's a job? (laughs) Yeah. You know, the only other thing I want to bring up in this third episode of uh, Grand Opening and Closure is that uh, James r- writes a note. Um, okay. And Before we get to the note. Okay, please. Can I just say, Ariana hiding in an alley watching mess. I realize <laughs> I too am like Ariana, just sitting in a folding chair or whatever that was in an alley. Yes. Just drinking and trying to be quiet and watch foolishness. Like, that moment made me giggle because I was like, that was every moment of my life in high school because I was wildly unpopular. And so I would just be in rooms like mm-hmm. straight furniture and then would know everybody's business. <laughs> like would be like come home from school and like be like, mom, you gotta, I gotta tell you what happened in chapel. Mm-hmm. And she would be like, what? And I'd be like, 
so so and so's boyfriend is sleeping with this dude and she doesn't know that her boyfriend is get-. like i knew everybody's business because i truly was like ariana where i would just have already been someplace and then be like well and it's like in last season at the finale you know when she's just like on her break <laughs> and Kristen's yelling tom tom's like you, you I know I made out with her, but you cheated on me. Like, why are we yelling at work? I mean, she's just like, I love, <laughs> I loved it. I was like, Ariana is me. I am her. I too find myself someplace like trying to get away from people. And that place is where everybody comes to air out their shit. And I'm just standing there like, Ugh. oh no. It's like finding oh, the God. hidden well, office at your work and just being like, Oh, wait, no, this is the place where people come to vent. I got to get out of here. Yeah. And I was like, what a treat. I loved it. It was, oh, I will, I, if if anybody knows how to needlepoint, I'd like that (laughs) on a needlepoint pillow. I am Ariana hiding in an alley. I love that. Please, needlepointers. (laughs) It's our largest demographic. Um, Really, it is. Both needlepointers and people uh, that work in HR. (laughs) Uh, We're really building building an audience that's really niche (laughs) okay so we talked about the dvr james wrote a note which i think is like people make fun of james for writing a note but at the very beginning of the episode uh max who i met the other day yeah uh was like you should write my mom a note oh my god and uh, you know what i love is that he says we're british and yeah. this is what we do. Yes. We write letters. And I then proceeded to start thinking of every great moment in actual UK history and being like, is there a letter for that? Yeah. yeah. Is there a letter for that? Is there a letter for that? Tell me, <laughs> like, King George, where's the letter? Yeah. I was like, Camilla, did you write a letter to Diana? Like, <laughs> I found myself being like, Harry, did you write a letter to William? Yes. Winston Churchill, is there a letter that got like... It was, it was such a great, like, him saying it's what British people do, as a black woman, I was like, I too have absolutely done some horse shit, and then been like, and then at the last second been like, ah, it's because I'm black. <laughs> and then had people be like, what? I'm like, what's my yeah. version of writing a letter um, <laughs> that people just assume I won't do anything I maybe that's it that I just yeah. blend into the wall it, it, like yeah you know? yeah my thing is like like if I'm <laughs> like if I'm just like I'm a very cheap person and I'll be like oh you know oh, I'm reusing these plastic bags and then they'll be like really and I'm like oh and then because I don't want to be judged for being cheap I'm like well you know because because I'm black well, I'm like no it's not <laughs> that makes sense to last episode you're... I was trying to piece these things together but <laughs> yeah and I'm like no to be no, fair, I also reuse plastic bags when needed because, uh, yeah, the environment. That's yeah, why. Yeah, one of my favorite. Fr- yeah, one of my best friends who is daughter of immigrants was like, "Stasher bags are just a more efficient version of what my parents have been doing since they came to this country." And there I it was is. Like, wow, what a treat! Okay. Environmentalism. But I loved the letter. I loved the sincerity to it, and I loved that it was like. I don't know. There was just also something really funny about Lisa being like, we'll read it. And I was yeah. like, ma'am, that's why I wrote it. Yeah. Not because I want to like. I didn't go to perform I, this. I wrote this. Yeah. yeah. I wrote this. I have to say, side note, Lisa descending those stairs and those like 15 foot platforms. Oh, scary. I literally wrote my note was. I said, I was in Miss USA. I walked down a flight of stairs in a 15-pound dress in heels. What Lisa just did is a masterclass. Wow. Like, I'm not kidding. I thought 
the fact that she was holding her dog, not yeah. holding onto the railing in that outfit. And I was just like, I was like, props to Lisa Vanderpump for just being like, yeah. just living in a world that I too want to know what that, like the kind of confidence and self-assuredness it takes to be like, I'm not going to fall. I'm fine. Well, <laughs> the ground would never dare st- hit me. She, but- <laughs> she's, she's actually th- two inches above the ground. That's what we don't know. It's just Basically. like kind of gliding down. Yeah. No, that's that's a funny point. Not funny, but like something. Why would I ever think of this? But like the idea of like not just the balance on the heels, but everything that goes yeah. into your wardrobe that day or your outfit that yeah. day. It's like yeah. all of these things contribute to. Oh, now throw in holding your dog, and you're not. Yeah, you're able like, to do talk it. about like being in a soap opera. It's like the way Lisa thinks of how she has put herself together in each scene because even just the idea to me that like here she is in this gorgeous dress in these high high heels at the opening of her restaurant and here's this man being like lisa i've written you a letter and she's like well read it to me and then like even that felt it felt so cinematic it felt very like um it felt very dickensian yes uh, for the modern days where she was like well read me a letter and he was like i'd be happy to and coming just after the scene where peter's like just go man it's like the all is lost moment leave yeah and he's like nobody wants you here and then lisa's like like, wait, you wrote a letter. Please read it to me. I was like, what is happening? And then it was just, it was a sweet letter, but it was also just really funny to like him to be yeah. like, dear Lisa, I apologize. It's genuine, you know? Like, yeah. And that's the thing about I have James. I say, what I, we shit on people on Bravo shows for having these apologies where it's like, I'm sorry if, I'm sorry that you. Uh-huh. And the fact that he was just, he has been honest from the beginning where it was like, yeah, we fought about cars. That was stupid. Because yeah. to be honest, he could have said anything and I would have said anything back and we would have fought. And yep. I thought like, this man is both repugnant and so self-aware that I'm kind of like, I'm like, you're like a real life Chuck Bass where you're like an awful human, but also genuinely so dialed into who you are that you can be like, oh yeah, no, I was going to fight him no matter what. Yeah. But like, that was the excuse. And you're like, wow. Okay. Between like James and Katie, they're about the only people who are like, yeah, I admit when I fuck up and it takes James like four more seasons to get sober yes. and not be a total jerk. So yeah. it's his, he grows up and I, I'm very pleased with yeah. that. Now we should touch on episode four, even though listeners, yeah. we should know that um, our friend James Arthur M over at Minority Corner had Mackenzie and I on uh, just earlier this year, I'm learning, um, <laughs> yes. to Talk about season three, episode four, Jack's Knows Best. So you should go over to Minority Corner, look it up, ask James, find it. You'll not only hear Mackenzie and I talking about it with James, but our friend Tim Barnes, the comedian, Nickelodeon writer, Comedy Central writer, like he's on there and he has some of the driest and hilarious takes, everyone, that I think you're going to enjoy. He truly does. Yeah. He has... I. What I love about that episode is the meet-cute of myself and James, who are just, like, losing our minds, and also me coming off Falcon and Winter Soldier, only (laughs) wanting to talk about that, truly not caring about what the episode is. (laughs) And then, like you all having like okay but like you being like let's stay on task let's do and then having like a fourth person who's truly like this is 
so like who has like such a perfectly like not even Neil Brennan, but you know, like that very dry delivery where even I had to pause and be like, wait, was that serious? Yeah. Yeah. For real? For real? Yeah. Wait, what? Huh? What? Tim. Like truly my Tim. My favorite thing about Tim is because he has such dry sarcasm. I was like, oh, I remember finishing that and being like, oh, he did not enjoy speaking with me. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was but he did. Not good. Yeah. And then like 20 minutes later, it was like new follow on Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, okay. We friends. That's nice. Uh, Tim's out in California right now for a little bit, and uh, we did go to Tom Tom and Sir together. Oh Tim and I, like, I went to New York. You did he both came to in New York. one day. And, oh, they're right around the corner. You could just walk. Oh my right god, there. that is chaotic. We'll chat. I, we'll the chat. most I do is. The most I do is like Vanderpump Dogs is next door to a barbecue restaurant. I like. These are like my two favorite things. I need to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I am obsessed with Vanderpump Dogs. I'm also obsessed with the show because I now have a rescue. And so the reason Lisa Vanderpump will never do wrong in my mind is like the way. <laughs> this is such a sidetrack. No, the I do have a rescue and I know what you're with, saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way she pairs people with the dogs like makes me very emotional because I am very. I had never had a rescue till the dog the other dog I have now and truly I have become one of those people that's like I didn't rescue her she rescued me she saved me like sometimes I just stare into her eyes and I'm like do you know that I will love you forever (laughs) forever you will never need anything so like when I watched that show I was like I really like Lisa Vanderpump go Lisa I applaud you and so like I will stare in the window sometimes to be like what kind of dogs do you have what are they doing I, Hi puppies! <laughs> I finally get a vehicle this week, and I think one of the first places I'm driving to is Ooh. Vanderpump Dogs. <laughs> get ready! Yeah, get ready. I also did that when I moved here, where I was like, I don't have a car. I'll be fine for a while, and then obviously pandemic. You could get to the beach in ten minutes. I started taking surf lessons, and so I was like, I need a car. Yep. And then immediately I got a car, and I just started like doing driving tours of like. <laughs> Yes. random shit that I was just curious where I was like I wonder where that is that I always see on TV and my favorite is I had my recent like a few months ago during the summer I had my cousin came here for the first time ever in his 33 years of life and wow. my aunt was here for the first time since the 70s when she and my mom had been here as kids oh, wow. and I was like and so my mom was like in the evening when work was over she'd be like we should take them on a tour and i was like i know my family i know my so the first night i was like <laughs> it's like the chaotic tours of mckenzie first night i was like this is hollywood boulevard over there is um river phoenix that's the like i knew what they wanted to yeah, see i knew yeah. they didn't care about real landmarks i was like so the oscars happened in this strip mall yeah. right over here my aunt was like I love that. I'm going to tell everybody it's in a story where I'd be like, over here is where Lisa Vanderpump is called that woman a bitch. Remember? Yeah. She was kind of tall. She's on Days of Our Lives. My aunt was like, oh, I know this place. <laughs> I'd be like, over here is where they film Clueless. Now, you may remember this street from when Kim told Courtney that she was a whore. I need to go on this McKenzie tour. That's what I need to do. <laughs> it was such a stupid tour, but I kept like pointing out Bravo landmarks because I knew like show being like this is where classic hollywood film like that's fun sure but literally being like this is where they shot that segment on the kelly clarkson show where she busked on the street and my aunt would be like oh 
now I see why it was so funny. Yeah. And I'm like, there you go. And here's James Corden coming up in a mouse costume. Yeah. yeah like, mm. Oh, my God. Okay, so. LA. What a town. Let's, uh, here's the thing. Since there is another episode that people can find at uh, a mon- minority yes. corner, I just want to read through the yep. description of Jack Jack's nose best, which is yes. spelled as in nose on your face. It's so punny. It's, it's so punny. I'm telling you, they're getting out of control in this season. <laughs> um, Stassi reconnects with the Sir gang at a Hollywood party. Unlike any other episode, Jax undergoes plastic surgery and Tom Schwartz has a panic attack and runs out on his job at Pump. Good Lord, you do not want to miss us talking about that. Please, guys, go listen to that. Here's the only thing I wrote down that I wanted to say in this episode. And if you have any thoughts, feel free. Yes. They're getting their eyebrows threaded at the beginning. Jax, Tom Sandoval, and Tom Schwartz. Yes. And Tom Sandoval says, because we talked about how beautiful he was last episode. Um, he is. He goes, people work hard to look good. And I was like, damn, they do. You, it does take working hard, yeah. Tom. You are so right. And then he goes, mm-hmm. I work even harder so it doesn't look like I work at all. And I was like, what? No, Tom. Yeah. It is. Boom. Tom. It's so true. Tom is like. Tom is like, listen, I am the Kobe Bryant of aesthetically pleasing men to look at. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you guys are in the gym, you guys are at practice, but like, I put in the reps off the court. I've like, got the court I at the house. The work. Like, yes, I still say my, and I even put it in our notes that I was like, I will let people listen to the episode, but I think hands down, my favorite thing about this episode is I was like, is this how we dismantle toxic masculinity? Is like. Yeah. Like dudes getting their eyebrows threaded, yep. getting nose jobs, caring for each other on their way back from the hospital, being like, I'm having a panic attack. Yep. Like my mental health is suffering. Like I, the world that this show exists in, because this was an actual segment on the Today Show when it was like women marrying younger men and this guy was like, I love it. Like I get to relax. She takes care of me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, there is kind of a weird world that this show exists in where these women are like, ah, suck it up. Rub some dirt in it. Come on. Yes. Fuck, I got to get to work. Come on, baby. Either make dinner or get out of the way. Like there is a weird world of this show where I'm like, I kind of love that it's like these guys who are like, Hey doll, can I borrow your credit card? Cause I want to go get my eyebrows done. And they're like, yeah, keep it cute for me, babe. Yeah. Like I'll see you later. Like, it's just, it's such an interesting, like so, somebody's going to be like, you are reading too much into this. Uh-uh, and maybe uh-uh. That's the point of this podcast. On gender. You know. But I'm like, it's weirdly this subversion of gender roles that happens on this show. So seamlessly that it doesn't seem like anybody ever really acknowledges like, Wow, how refreshing. A show where, like, the men are the ones that have the segments at a nail salon or getting their eyebrows done, and the women are like, I got to get to work. I'm running late. Like, you know, and the guys are like, I just want to, like, they're showing men at therapy, and the women are just like, I'll I'll punch you in your fucking face, bitch. And it's like, and even that idea that when they have the fight that the guys are like, why would I do that? I'm not that person. Like, you see that so often on shows when women fight, where they fight, and they're like, I'm not person the women will fight on that show and be like yeah and i'll do it again ho and then drop it five minutes later and then the guys are like still crying about it and still talking about it and being like i don't feel safe here i feel like you should go somewhere and i'm like i 
is this show like feminist as fuck or am I just very confused and they have now infiltrated and inceptioned my brain? I would love to think, so first of all, I agree with you on everything there. And I would love to think that there was like some master plan leading up to this that's like, you know, for decades we've had shows where like, We've had these these roles that we're used to. We write men this way. We write women this way. Yes. And now let's just flip it. It's a reality show, but we're still going to yeah. feed them what they need to say, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and that would be, you know, I'd want to shake the hand of the person who wanted to like yes. subvert our expectations because they're just going to yeah. flip things. Uh, too bad that's not the way, but I do love that like no. it no. is showing us a little bit more reality i'm putting up quote fingers on like yeah. how situations actually happen when you don't have a lot of money yeah i mean in comparison yeah. to the housewives yeah um exactly and it's not all about finances it's about emotions and personal growth and blah 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 blah, blah. but it is nice to see that this is potentially has the uh can give uh, ladies confidence to like say no i i'm gonna go to work and yeah. pay the bills and guys yeah, the confidence to like, cry <laughs> you know yeah i i truly and i don't know if it's maybe because there's a woman in charge and they all like ultimately work for this woman like i don't know what it is but yeah it, the fact that these men are like i'm crying and at the same time it's proof of like as they always say like men written by men and men written by women mm-hmm. it's like I think half the reason people are like, he's so sexy, like any of the guys on that show, is because they're on there like crying and going Ooh, to therapy yeah. and like putting on concealer. It's that like, it's that uh, Prince David Bowie action where it's like, I can take your woman if I want to and we'll share blouses. Yeah. Like every time Harry Styles put on, puts on a dress, he becomes more attractive to both myself and every woman. And I think that's what like, I think these dudes have found the cheat code. It's like, guys, Take care of your face, exfoliate, yeah. uh, get your eyebrows threaded, cry in public sometimes. Be open um, with your emotions. And, and uh, be open about your emotions and uh, go to therapy. And and you too can be a horrible person and people see it in broad daylight and they're still like, yeah, but well, I, he's working I, on I'd himself. I'd hit that. All right. Know, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but something. make sure to watch the show so that you can see how you're yes. uh, put out to the public and uh, course correct yeah. down the line. Uh, exactly. Well, this has been another great episode of Vanderpump Robs with Mackenzie Green. Mackenzie, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at Miss USA to MBA. You can find me every week on the Taylor Strecker show. And, uh, you know, feel free to find me nine to five, a Monday to Friday at Who, What, Where. Um, obviously, we're doing fashion journalism over there, running their social. But uh, we also have an incredible collection of clothing. So we got all the things you want. And uh, drop me a DM because I love getting to know all you other Vanderpump Robbians in the world. <laughs> yes, uh, it's how I got to meet Mackenzie. She's a very nice person, as you can tell, um, and a great follow. Me being a less great follow, but more pictures of dogs. <laughs> um, you can follow me at Rob K. Schultz, which is an upside. It is true. Uh, <laughs> I love my dog Elvis. Uh, Pink Jeans Productions is uh, producing this podcast, so you can go to their, their website and find ways to support Pink Jeans Productions. Uh, and other than that, I want to say thanks to Jothan, who created our new tile art for this season, showcasing both of our beautiful faces. It's wonderful. 
and thank you. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's what I texted you. I said that tile art is gorgeous because it is both insane, absurd, chaotic, and wonderful all at the same time. Just like this podcast. So leave us five stars and a rating on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next week on Vanderpump Robs. Bye-bye. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Rob's never mad. I've never in 11 years seen him mad. So Rob, he likes coffee with his creamer. Like, I can't wait for, like, Rob and I to get a house one day. Rob and I are going to have, like, two kids. Rob makes me so f***ing happy. You and Rob dated before you married Shay. Yes.